When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to episode 194 of GigPod, the Glasgow is Green podcast. And me and my guest Steve are going to talk about Celtic's 2-2 draw with Atletico Madrid in the Champions League group stage last night. A very good performance from Celtic. Stevie, how are you? John, I'm okay. I feel like Andy Gray on Sky when Richard Keyes was no well and he had to step in. He was uh, very much out of his depth in those days because he was much better in the co-commentary role. So hopefully I'm nothing like the big man's shambolic performances in the early days of Sky. Yep, a great guy. Right, so we're going to talk about the game last night, which you attended and I didn't. So I know you love uh, your usual what-did-you-do-before-the-game routines and questions. So, Stevie, what did you do before the game? Well, John, thank you for asking. Uh, before the game, finished work and myself and a few of the guys just went to uh, Bar 91. So sorry, everybody, Molly Malone's, all right, but we had to go somewhere near the ground, of course. And I was a paranoid wreck to make sure, because, John, you know what I'm like to make sure that we're at Celtic Park very early. So I was rushing my beers and speed eating my nachos that I got with the guys, um, John, Mark and Matt, sounds like the I was out with the apostles, doesn't it? But that is generally the, the shoot names of the guys that I work with. Uh, fantastic night in Bar 91, but I, I think they were getting awfully stressed out at seeing me just looking at my watch every two minutes and wondering if uh, we were actually going to be making the kickoff. So we left it uh, just before seven and got to Celtic Park about 20 to eight. Lucky we did leave at that time because the queues were ridiculous to get in. I ended up getting in with five minutes to kick off, John, but yes, the adrenaline and the stress of panicking about being late for the game ensured that my effects of the bevy well and truly wore off halfway up the Gallagher. Yeah, as somebody that loves to go to games early, you must have hated being uh, being there so late. I know what you're like. But yes, it was a certainly an interesting pre-match atmosphere. Uh, we don't really want to say much about that because this is, for the most part, a football podcast. But fans uh, should be allowed to express what they... What, sorry, I've just been distracted by a... We never had a daft guitarist. I don't get it. Please explain. I was always saying, like, before the games at Celtic Park, they're always getting some idiot with a guitar to G up the fans and it has the absolute opposite effect they quite literally never let the people sing John so last night at Celtic Park they never had anyone like that Lassie who was on doing the Jota song I believe they had a female on before the Lazio game and by the way for the record nothing against these people nothing against them they're far more talented artists than me or you will ever be but I just feel when it comes to getting the crowd up 
for a big game, it should just be all down to the fans and generating an organic atmosphere. That was the case last night. And I noticed that they didn't have anybody, you know, trying to have the fans go a long way someday leading the beat in a guitar or that. So that was much appreciated. That was all I was saying. Please continue. So I had to laugh hilariously there when it was muted. That listen, they had, I believe they had a female singing. Yes, sir. thanks for that. Thanks for spreading it. It was a female and not an extraterrestrial from outer space. Thanks for that. Yes, so uh, just to say about the the stuff before the game, we won't say a lot about it, but uh, let's just say free speech is very important, even though Celtic might not think that at times. That's all I've got to say about that. Have you got any thoughts on that? I think if you can just give just maybe one or two people a bit of hope, because um, they're clearly going through a much worse situation and complete hell compared to anybody over here. They might even think that they've forgotten John or they might feel that nobody in the West... Is, is caring about their situation or their struggle and yeah I think it was definitely important that the fans rallied for it and didn't turn a blind eye and weren't apathetic because you know John I'm very much a cynical and apathetic guy now I don't really think like petitions and demos and rallies really make a difference anymore I've, I've told you that in great detail regardless say how I feel about these things I just felt like it was the right thing to do last night and yeah Regardless of what Celtic think, I'm, I'm really happy that the majority of the fans ignored them. Well said. Right, so enough of the, the off-pitch stuff, which seems to be taking up an awful lot of time recently. Let's talk about the on-pitch stuff. And what was the same team that started against Hearts. I think that was a team that we both expected Celtic to pick. I mean, there was no reason to change it. There was, I don't think, any option for them to come in, I'd say. Were you expecting that team to start? Yeah, definitely. I think if there was any changes last night, there would have been uh, major questions from the support towards the manager. And there's been a, a genuine uh, rapport between the, the fans and the players and manager again. I wouldn't say Brendan's quite at uh, Ange Postacoglu levels, but slowly he's winning over a lot of the doubters, shall we say. And I think had he experimented with the team that put in the best performance of the season so far for such an important game like last night, um, he would have definitely lost some fans that he's gained. So yeah, it was the right call. I think it was the right team. And, you know, we only do the Rizzo Select feature on Instagram for the league games. But if we were doing one last night, that would have been the exact same team. You just could not change the, the team that performs so, so well at Tynecastle, John. So yeah, it was definitely the right call from Brendan. Yep, and the call was proven correct. Only four minutes gone. As for the second Champions League home game in a row, we took the league. And it was Kyogo with a goal, and it was a fantastic goal after just four minutes, as I said. Matt O'Reilly, the best player in Scotland by a mile, with a superb pass to Kyogo, with a lovely pinpoint finish, and the crowd went mad. I went mad watching it in telly, and I'm sure you went mad at the ground, Stevie. What an amazing start to the game. Yeah, it's the most I've celebrated a goal in Europe, probably since uh, the Barcelona one, John. I don't really want to say the Tony Watt one, because I was in a, another level of euphoria there, but certainly up there with the Wanyama one. I remember I was there with my dad that night. I just went ballistic after that goal. I, I did not expect it. I thought the way the game was going to go, there was a case of Atletico um, maybe taking the lead in the first sort of 15 minutes through something like a penalty or a set piece, and then us huffing and puffing and then killing us on the counter. But we were really aggressive, and we took the game to them. And I was happy to see it. I just wanted to see a reaction, John. And I was so happy, again, that Matt O'Reilly carried on that excellent form from Sunday. He is just on another level now. I, I said that if he's not playing for the Denmark national team, 
in the Euros next summer, the way he's going, and then there's something genuinely rotten in Denmark. Ho ho, that is comedy and all that. Everybody will be talking about the pass from O'Reilly, but Kyogo's touch in the finish past a goalkeeper like Jan Oblak was sensational too. And I'm really happy, really, really happy for Kyogo because last season, I wouldn't say we slaughtered him, but we were quite critical. And he's not really had a lot of chances joining in the Champions League this season, but the chances that's came his way, he's taken them. So he's been more clinical, and I don't know if that's something the manager's been working on, but it's great to see, and it's definitely cemented the fact that he's probably even better for me now than Moussa Dembele. That was what we needed to see. We needed the Champions League performances and the goals from Kyogo. And he's made up for last season. He's, he's eclipsed Moussa for me. A real Champions League goal, the assist and the finish, and I went absolutely mental when that went in. Brilliant scenes. It's, it's funny because I think on TV, when I've watched back the highlights, it's almost like TNT sort of faded down the crowd noise. Um, and maybe, I don't know why they didn't show more angles of how mad the fans were going because it felt like everybody around me was just like <laughs> elbowing me and shoving me from side to side. That might be because John didn't recognise my face and uh, what I do for the Celtic podcast biz and that's rightly so, that's probably obvious. And it was just an amazing moment really and that's what we're getting into these games in the Champions League 1, just these types of moments. That's something rotten in the state of Denmark was so, so bad, I, I can't get over it. So I think we should just end the podcast there. Just kidding. But no, of course, here's somebody we need to talk about. And just after we scored, one of your favourite players, Rio Hitati, was taking off with a hamstring injury. We think it's a hamstring injury. We've not had the verdict on it, but I've heard from a Celtic insider, wink, wink, that I won't say who that is, that it might not be a good injury. And he was replaced by Paolo Bernardo. We'll talk about that in a sec, the replacement. But unbelievably enough, for someone you claim has no emotion, Rio Hattai actually cried when he got substituted and Brendan gave him an embrace. It was a very moving moment now. For somebody that's berated Rio Hattai's emotions non-stop in this podcast, what did you make of his, uh, his tears and how much of a big miss is he going to be? Because I know you still think he's a good player, even though you've, you've criticised his attitude in the past. I can only assume, John, that you listened to my opinions on GigPod episode 193 or something, and it was a delayed reaction. Full of tears, and rightly so. No, I mean, I'm gutted for him, because he's worked really hard to uh, come back to full fitness after that injury up at Pataudry. And we saw how good he is, I mean, against Kilmarnock. He was different class, best player on the pitch. And I think that's the type of game that he would have really wanted to do well in. Because after I thought he was really disappointed against Lazio. And yeah, he looked as if he was back to his former self against Kelly. So he would have been, you know, dying to impress. And it's a shame that that's happened. And yeah, um, I heard from the same person that it may actually be a, a bad one. So it's, I was laughing at when you said it's not a good injury. I don't know what a good injury would be, John. Like, like, like it means he's only, he'd only miss like that the the rest of that game and he'll be back on Saturday. That's the that's the type of good injury I mean. Yeah, but yeah, I understand what you're saying and I think he could have influenced that game for us more. Especially if it was on a part when Atletico went down to ten men. But I'll maybe get to that later on because I'll, I'll tell you what I thought when that red card was produced. Um especially with the way the second half panned out. But yeah, gutted for Hatati. I really hope it's it's not as bad as what we have heard. Um and if it is, then the manager's got a lot of thinking to do about who's going to be taking his place. Will he be rotating between Awata? Will he be sticking with Bernardo? Because I think we both know, John, that no matter what, it, greatest of respect coming up here. Don't want to seem as if I'm being negative or out of order, but it can't go back to being David Tumble again. No, and I don't think it will be. I, because if it was going to be, I think he'd have come on last night. 
But obviously the manager had a lot of faith in Bernardo. I mean, I think that's the most minutes he's played in a game for Celtic, unless I'm mistaken. And I thought he played well, but it was obviously a difficult situation for him. Like, I imagine the plan would have been that he would have come on maybe at the 65, 70 minute mark if he was going to be involved. Then he had to come on in the first 10 minutes. And I mean, I think the second half, he and the rest of the team understandably tired, especially under, understandably so for Bernardo because he's played very little football for us. But I thought he played well. He was very neat and tidy on the ball. He had some good challenges as well, and he was unlucky, like with an instant that led to a flight of setting goal, which we'll talk about in a while. But he's a, he's a different kind of player he's from Hitachi. He's probably knows dynamic, so it'll be interesting to see going forward, as you say, if he gets the nod, or if it's a Awata, who I know, everybody knows that you're a big fan. It'll be interesting to see who gets the nod. So, I mean, even though we had to take off Hitachi, I mean, a flight didn't create that many chances. Joe Hart had had to make one save from a Griezmann shot and the ball hit the side netting. But then we did one of our usual uh, Celtic in the Champions League catastrophes. Yes, we can see that apparently. And Greg Taylor made the mistake. He he didn't have a good game. He put it, uh, he put it mildly. He fouled uh, Molina in the penalty box. He caught him. He caught his, his uh, foot. It was, a, it was a stick on penalty. No complaints for him day. And then... I mean, another Celtic in the Champions League moment with what happened with the penalty. Griezmann scored it, but his initial effort was sort of saved for Joe Hart onto the post, and then instead of going like outside the box or like out for a corner, it rebounded directly to Griezmann, and he equalised. So, what were your thoughts on the penalty and the actual penalty that they scored? Did you think it was typical Celtic naivety? Like they were always going to get chances. They were always going to have large parts of the game that they controlled. We did say this in the build-up to it. They're very good. You know, I mean, they've played something like 163 games in the Champions League. It tells you all you need to know. I mean, they've got some experience and they've got really good players. I just noticed that 1-0, they just never seemed to panic. I think they always felt that they would find their way back into the game, put us under a sustained amount of pressure. And, you know, I thought their equaliser was deserved in terms of the balance they play. We get pinned back a wee bit and... You know, that's not a disgrace. It's one of these things that there was always going to be moments like that. And I just think, got to be careful about the tone of this one. Because I, I did say beforehand, drawing a game like this would be like a celebration for me. I'd, I'd be, you know, very positive about it. And I am. So I just want to put that out there. But I honestly think that we could be talking about a famous historic win. Had we improved that left-back situation in the summer. And that's not just pinning it all on Greg Taylor. That would be massively unfair to do that. It was, it was you know, it was a team effort as to how we scored the goals, and he played a massive part in the second goal, which I'm sure you'll want to talk about in a wee bit. But yeah, it was a deserved penalty. Didn't get a great view of the game, and everybody around me thought it was, you know, typical uh, European team going down too easy. Having read back some messages from mates who are watching on TV, including yourself, you all said it was a stonewaller. Um, so the ref probably got it right, and yeah, you're right enough for the luck like any other time. That's in the league. Hart's probably tipping that around the post or it's just coming right off the post and then the penalty taker can't touch it. But we did react very well to that and I was pleased with the team. They still continued to take the game to Atletico Madrid. Yep, we did indeed. And only three minutes later, after Atletico equalised, we were back in the lead. And as you said, Greg Taylor did play a big part in it with a great ball down the wing to Dyson. And his cross into the penalty box was missed by everybody except Brian De Palma who thrashed a shot into the back of the net for a, another big moment for him. He's, he's been uh, really, really good for us recently. Thrashed it and off the post. 
was very good play by Greg Taylor, but great play by Dyson, who first half in particular had one of his best games in Europe for Celtic. And uh, it was a, a very good shot by Brian. It was an excellent goal. And he I th- he didn't have his best game. I mean, there was one incident in the game where he, he fluffed a really good chance to set us up with an attack in the first half. And he got took off in the second half. An interesting change we'll talk about later. But, I mean, we were calling out for somebody to deliver big moments and Jota's place in the side. I mean, I don't think Brian's as good a player as Jota, but he's certainly making a big impact. And I don't know if I've, if I've mentioned this in the pod before, but I've seen a lot of comparisons with Chris Coleman's and Palmer. And in a way, I can see that because... Oh, you said that I seen I knew I seen it on a on Celtic forum as well, but I've just been told that you said it as well, which I, of course I do remember. I didn't forget that, but I can see the I can see the resemblance in the style of play, and I mean like as long as Palmer keeps coming up with big moments like goals or assists, he more than deserves his place in the team. And I thought that was a very good goal. Oh, it was a cracking finish. It reminded me a lot of the goal because uh, everybody's going to turn off at this moment, aren't they? The game we won at Ibrooks 3-2, Kinday scored. A ball came in from that Declan John guy, great Celtic fan, and everybody missed it, and Kinday was at the back post, and he just like rattled it as hard as he could and went past Bain and everybody in the line. And It was a lot like that with Palmer, obviously, at a much higher level, and it was a far better finish. Amazingly enough, after the brilliant pass from Taylor, Dyson's cross was an overhit one, and that's why it landed where it did for Palmer to finish from there, because... I fully believe that Dyson was aiming for Kyogo, but the ball was like miles past him. It was great positioning for Palmer. If you watch that goal back, he's like practically right in the byline and then he makes like a darting diagonal run and it's like he knows that Dyson in that position is maybe going to overhit it. He anticipates it so well. So yeah, it was a fantastic finish and I've got to say that Palmer, for the lack of pace that I have talked about, he makes up for it for the fact that he's scoring screamers like that. He's, got, he's such an effective player. And I think it's testament to him that while Leela Bad is out and now, when he's back and he's fully fit, and if Palmer's playing like that, there's no guarantee that Abad is just going to walk right back in that team, John. No, I would agree with that. I think Palmer, after a slow start, has been excellent. I mean, he's constantly chiming with goals and assists, which is obviously what Jota done. I mean, I'm, st- I'm no comparing with Jota. I think Jota was a much better player all round. But, I mean, as long as... Palmer keeps contributing, he'll be on the team, as I said. And we nearly actually scored again. We had an effort from Matt O'Reilly, say, but all black. And then a Fleco had a goal disallowed. It would have made it 2 2. It would have been an own goal, in fact, because a header that deflected off CCB, but it was just VAR. I found it was just offside. Finally, a bit of luck for us in the Champions League. So at half time, 2 1 ahead, and I think everybody was delighted with that. But somebody who wasn't obviously delighted with that was Diego Simeone. And you could tell how unhappy he was with Atletico's performance when he made two substitutes at halftime. He brought on Raquel May and Laurenti. And really, from the start of the second half, it was a different Atletico team. It was the team we thought we were going to face. They absolutely dominated the start of the second half. And it was no surprise when they equalised Laurenti with a great cross and Marata, who had been pretty quiet, with a deft header. Again, unfortunately, we're going to have to... Uh, we're going to have to talk about Greg Taylor's contribution to that goal because it was a, a very, very good cross that took out of Celtic defence, but Taylor really should have done better in the build-up, especially after Bernardo had put in a good challenge and Taylor was slow to react to that. The obvious comparison there is, in that position, you know, what would Keane Tierney have done? Just going right through the ball and the man. 
in that position, but Taylor just hesitates for a sec. Do you know, it's that split-second hesitation that will cost you. We saw it last season with Jananovic against Shakhtar at home against uh, that Mudrik, and there was a moment where it was like the ball was 60-40 in his favour. He hesitates, John, just for maybe like a second, and then it's it's all over, like the odds are now against them. So what happened here as well. Bernardo puts in such a great tackle, and you're just expecting your left back there to take the ball and get get his like going again up the winger, just like retain possession. But Taylor hesitates, and that's what these big teams do. They will take advantage of that. That's all they need. Just a split second. They're on the front foot again. Uh, he finds Mirata with an inch perfect cross in, and the header was a lot like Cavani. Obviously not as impressive, but it was a lot like Cavani's one in the PSG game, something like six years ago now. And I knew Murata was going to score eventually. That's all a guy like him needs. Uh, sometimes he needs like 10, 20 chances. Other times you only need one in the form he's in the now, and the goal scoring record that he's got in the recent weeks. You always knew that it was a shoe in that he was going to punish us, and he did. It was just disappointing. It was all our own undoing, though, as well. You know, Atletico did have to work for it, but it's so easily avoidable. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, that is a disappointing thing. I mean, it's haunted us for days in the Champions League. As I said, in fact, in the preview, I'd, I'd take giving away goals if it was if they were brilliant goals. I mean, that was an excellent goal, but we could have done better. And the first goal, again, was our mistake. Now, there's a couple of other things I want to talk about. I thought I could, even though I thought it dominated the second half, we didn't have that many chances. Korea had that shot that Hart saved. And we like sort of had a, a half chance when Matt O'Reilly sort of clipped. A, I don't know, I think it was a sort of attempted cross, but it was cleared away before it really had a chance to threaten. But two things I thought were interesting, and, and you can talk about them too, because I know you've got stuff to say about them. One of them was a change by Brendan. He he done a, a swap that I don't think MD was predicting. It was 60, 60 uh, second minute. He took off Palmer, but he replaced him with Nat Phillips. So we went to a three at the back, which I don't think we've done since Brendan's uh, came back to Celtic, unless I've completely forgot. And then about 20 minutes later, Athletico were reduced to 10 men when uh, Rodrigo de Paul was sent off. But I mean, they're a stubborn team. They, you knew that they would handle that well. But I know you've got thoughts in uh, both of those situations. So what did you make of the, the decision to move to three to back? Because I thought it really helped us get more of a foothold in the game when we were getting absolutely dominated up to that point. And what did you make of the last like, sort of 10, 15 minutes of the game after Atletico get reduced to 10 men? I said to the guy next to me, if this was Ange, we wouldn't have made that tactical change. Like Ange would be going for the win. Team could be dead on their feet. Hardly have any of the ball. But Ange would have probably made the same three subs at 60 minutes and still played the same way. Whereas it was a bit of tactical maturity from Brendan. We wouldn't have seen that. I don't think we've seen anything like that in his first spell in Europe as manager. And a lot of the time he was given an absolute horsing by more experienced managers. I do feel that the way we were going, we looked knackered. We looked dead in our feet. And if we kept persisting uh, with the same system, that 4 3 3, that. Atletico in the last 20 minutes where they just overran us. You would have saw that in the midfield. I've been taking out the game completely. 
fullbacks, they were already exposed enough as it was, and Taylor in particular was getting targeted. What I noticed about it was everything was going down Taylor's side first 15, 20 minutes of the second half. As soon as that change was done, it was like scales was over to help him out a lot more. Gradually, we stopped being pinned back down that left-hand side. Atletico started just going straight through the middle. But yeah, there's no doubt about it um, that Brendan learned his lesson from the Lazio game too. I believe he said when you're in a position like that, like it was in the Lazio game, it's so important that you don't lose the game. Really important that we got that point, and I think the manager deserves a lot of credit, but so did the players. They worked really hard, and you know you could see they were dead in their feet, John, they were knackered, and they were still closing down Atletico, working so hard for each other to earn that point. So yeah, well done to Brendan, uh, well done to the team for that last night. They adapted really, really well, and Difficult circumstances. And also when it went down to 10 men, I said to the guy at my left, this is going to peter out to a draw or they're going to be even better. Because if there's one team that are perfectionists of that low block and they're perfectionists of being so dogged when their backs are to the wall, it's Atletico Madrid. Day in, day out in training, they practice um, having 9 or 10 men up against 11 because they're so good at it. And the way that they played and the way that they just made it look easy, us maybe throwing everything at them in the last five minutes towards injury time, I just knew that we weren't going to break them down. And again, it's no disgrace. It's not me getting on Celtic's back. Not saying we could have done better here, could have done better there, because simply you're up against a team, John, that work at that day in, day out. And it's what they're known for. They're so resilient. So, aye, I deserve point for Celtic in the end. Yes, I would agree. I mean, before the game, we were concerned we were going to like lose pretty heavily. So I've got nothing but Nothing but respect, that old phrase. But how we performed, and I mean, it's, it's gave us still a chance at least to do something in Europe. I mean, obviously, our next game in two weeks in Madrid will be very, very tough. So we'll just need, we'll just need to see what happens there. Right. So before we we talk about the game against Hibs, and before we go, because we're not going to make it that much longer because it has been a long episode. We're going to turn the tables, and you're going to ask me questions from the GigPod Instagram account. Is that correct? That is. So I foolishly ask people, is there anything you want us to cover on episode 194? And about 70 of you get back to us with questions. Now, I can't get through all 70. I'm so sorry for that. But unfortunately, John does have a life and he'll probably want to do something exciting like, oh, I don't know, watch uh, how comics are made on YouTube or something. I'll try and limit it to 10 questions. But I just want to say to everyone, thanks a lot for sending them in. We are grateful for it. But if I was to go through and ask John like 70 odd questions, he would probably never want to do the podcast again. So I will start with this one from uh, Elisa Lytico. I, I don't know how to say it. I'm talking it's like Alan Brazil here, trying to announce something. But what were your thoughts on taking our only striker off, Rizzo? I can, under, I can understand because Kyogo was knackered. And whilst I thought maybe it would have made sense to bring O on, I don't think Brendan rates him that much. And I know there's like Forrest, so I can understand it because Kyogo was absolutely knackered, so I've not really got that many complaints about it. Right, the next one, um, from R. Duncan 39 How many tens of millions is the heartbreak kid worth? I think he's referring to Matthew O'Reilly there. Probably around uh, 15 to 20 million, but if he plays well in the next three Champions League games we've got and continues that for the rest of the season, then maybe we could be looking at like 20 million plus for him. The big Legowski... Is Kyogo's goal one of Celtic's best ever goals, considering the quality and the level of the opposition? I would say yes. It was uh, definitely one of our top five Champions League goals. It was 
just brilliant football. I'd say definitely up, up there with the best of them. Right, so AMC 67 and Connor T Foley. Their general point is about subs, and it's nothing to do with Faz Lane. Great satire there. But essentially, they are saying the bench is abysmal. We've done literally nothing there over the summer. But what were your thoughts on the fact that you looked at a bench and we couldn't change the game against a team like Atletico Madrid, basically? I mean, we don't need to go over it. Everybody knows I've made an absolute mess in the transfer window for the most part. So, I mean, yep, the bench was pretty pathetic, really. Daniel Gaffney won. Dan on the decks. Uh, he's referring to that Paramore song that was played at half time. I didn't know it was a Paramore song. I only know one of their songs, and it's one for years ago. So no, I didn't know that. But no doubt Dan would have been delighted, but it would have been tears streaming down his face. I can just I can just see his, his beaming smile as the tears dripped on his beard. It's probably because he's listening to the latest Alan Brazil podcast, The Debrief with Gabrielle I. Bonnell, John. Next one from Celts Media. Is Samaras aging like a fine wine? He certainly is, and I didn't even know he was there because I, I, at half time, I don't know if they mentioned it on the coverage of the game. I watched the the goal show, that great show in uh, BT, but no, it was good to see Sammy there. Although I've been told by you that they didn't show his goals against Rangers at half time at Ibrox that memorable occasion, twenty eleven, Sammy on a Sunday. But no, I loved Sammy. It was good to see him back, and uh, we should get. In fact, we should, and here's who we should get for our next. Our next, uh, our next Champions League game at home against the uh, final, another hero, Kenny Miller, because I've got a, a stat, I'm sorry this is taking a wee bit long to answer, but I forgot about a stat I mentioned. I had to mention earlier, there's Kyogo is the first Celtic player to score in two Champions League group stage home games, consecutive home games, since Kenny Miller, imagine that, Kenny Miller did it against Copenhagen, and uh, no, was it Copenhagen and Benfica? I think it was, and now uh, Kyogo's done it against Lazio and obviously Atletico. Kenny Miller and Kyogo, two Celtic Champions League legends, as I'm sure you'll agree. Next one uh, from Shahid is actually, what a name, is actually, well, I was kind of talking about that earlier. He was just wanting to ask, like, uh, Bernardo, should he keep his spot in the team if it takes out, or does Iwata come in? But I think for that one, it's going to be the pair of them maybe getting rotated. Would you agree? I would imagine so, yep. I mean, it's no fair in here them to just like, give them both a run of games in the team. And I mean, it depends what game as well. I mean, we've got two games in the next week. Uh, Hibs and St. Marin, I'd imagine that we'll maybe rotate them. One starting one game, one starting the other game. That's what I'd do anyway until Hattati's back. Interesting one from Sam Malky. And we haven't covered this yet, John. What's going on with O? Well, we sort of wee did, a wee bit covered it in the question about... No bringing a striker on. I just think Brendan rates him. I mean, I think he rates him to an extent because he did bring him on at Tynecastle, but then that game was won, and the game last night wasn't one when they could have brought on. I just don't think Brendan rates him that much, and really, I think we made a racket no signing another striker. I mean, no, no offence to you, because I, I think he is a decent player, but if he has to start, if Kyogo was injured, like on in Saturday, for example, if Kyogo can't play, I mean, I don't know how much of the game I'd see, but I wouldn't know how much I'd want to see if it was on instead of Kyogo because I haven't got the the confidence that he'd find the back in it. So really what I think it is is that Brendan doesn't rate him and I think he'll be looking to buy an R-striker in January. So over to you, the Lowell family, to make sure that gets done. Right, so there's one came in from the boy Kev. I'll answer this one, John, and then I'll give you two more and then we can talk about Hibs. But the boy Kev, he was saying that should be our Brendan Rodgers, the Messiah have taken off Taylor and Johnston after 80 and put on Yang and O, but no, I don't think so. I feel a team like Atletico Madrid would have just capitalised on that. They would have smelled blood. Um, we would have went to pieces, and I think at that point, it was all just about being solid 
and containing and keep what we had as opposed to taking risks. I just feel that if we did take risks, like we would have got the plaudits from neutrals, but I'm sorry, it's more important that we get points to build on uh, and we actually keep this team's confidence going and they would have got so much confidence from the fact that they drew to each against one of the best teams historically that's been in the Champions League. So that's my thoughts there. Right, John, uh, second last one for you and then I'll give you a wee bonus one before we end. But Niall M84839, he's wondering, do you still think we can get third place in that group? Actually, yes, but then it'll depend on what happens with final Lazio. If Lazio beat final, then they'll return game. But I don't think we can get third place. But if final beat Lazio, then I do think we're capable of getting a result in Italy. I don't think Lazio were that good when we played them. We really should have got at least a point. And who knows, final might have already qualified by the time we played them. So I actually do think we could still finish third. But I mean, obviously, if Lazio win in the next round of games, then. I think probably all bets are off. And the last one is from Grant Miller. Do you like this one, Rizzo? Cool's Light, a Pabst Blue Ribbon. Oh, Pabst, definitely. What a sensational drink. Uh, and hopefully there's uh, some Pabst. The Pabst Brewery are big fans of Scottish football and uh, they'll send us some. So Pabst Brewery, send us some freebies, please. Thank you. Right, and I'm back in charge there. I'm muted myself there, but I forgot that I'm back in charge. And... We're going to talk about, we'll just be brief here because we'll be going on for a while and we want to both get on with our lives, but we're bringing out content, of course, for the listeners. Hibs, Easter Road, Saturday, a rare Saturday three o'clock away game, not on television, thank you Sky, who are showing Kilmarnock Aberdeen on Sunday for some unfathomable reason, and actually there's no Sky game on in midweek, we've got games next midweek, obviously we're playing St Martin, Rangers are playing Dundee away, I think. No Sky games that week, midweek, so well done to that great company. Right, so we're playing Hibs at Easter Road. Hibs who got humped 4-0 off Rangers last week. Of course, everybody knows, I think, that Brendan's not actually managed to win at Easter Road. As Celtic manager, he didn't do that in his first spell, and obviously he's coming back saying spell. And I know that for Instagram, I picked the starting lineup for the league games, but I've not got a clue what starting lineup I'm going to pick for this league game, because I'd imagine there'll be an absolute... Host a changes, especially when next week I was playing St. Murn and Ross County. Do you think there's going to be a lot of changes made? I think maybe for the St. Murn and the Ross County games, but I don't think he'll change too much for Saturday. Um, I think that's a bit of a risk if he does. I think you'll probably see the same back four. I think Matt O'Reilly's got to be playing because he's the best player in the country now. Cal McGregor ain't going to get dropped. Dyson's put in so much. Last night, Dyson just, I mean, the, the work that that guy put in was actually just exhausting me watching him. On, I think maybe Dyson could drop out, but again, he's so important to how the Celtic team play. Kyogo, I don't know, I saw him hobbling off um, yesterday, but that might not be, I don't think that's anything too major to worry about. I think it could just be cramp or something, John. And the manager certainly not said anything about it today. But I, I, also the big one, Satati being out, I feel that we'll probably see Bernardo or Iwata in there, I would probably go with Iwata, but um, the manager will be trusting on that, because, you know, considering what Bernardo was thrown into last night, he'll be ready to go for the game at Easter Road on Saturday. But yeah, I, I think possibly the only other change could be out in the wing with Dyson. I think Dyson um, must be done in after last night, and again at Tynecastle too, for he gave that boy Cochran an absolute nightmare of a time. So they're the only two sort of positions I could see. Greg Taylor, I think he'll, he'll persist with Greg Taylor as well. I don't think he'll get dropped, but 
I think you'll probably maybe see changes for the Samirin game more than the Hibs one, but that's just my opinion on it. Yeah, and we'll see who I think the start line up will be when I do my reads or selects on uh, Instagram at GigPod, give that a follow on uh, before the game on Saturday. And yes, I'm going to be in that wonderful Londinium on this weekend, so I don't know how much of the game I'll see, but I will see West Ham versus Everton on Sunday, which only cost me £35, which is a, a very decent ticket price for the most exciting league in football. Of course, uh, when I went to see Celtic St. Johnson, a couple of months ago it was £31, so uh, maybe have a think about your ticket prices, Celtic. Yep, so I won't rant about that that much, but hopefully I'll get to see some of the game. At least I know you're going to try and see it by legal means, of course, as well. So I'll let you make it a shoot prediction with you. Uh, and it will be a test for us just because Brendan's never won there. And it's so soon after an energy satin game in midweek. What's your, what's your shoot prediction for the game? Uh, interestingly enough, Hibs game on Saturday against Rangers was actually their first defeat since the match at the end of August when they lost at home to Livingston. That was when... Lee Johnson gets sacked after that before they went to Villa Park and lost 3-0. But yeah, um, they played six games before they went to Ibrox and they were unbeaten in them all, including coming back for 2-0 down to draw two each against Hearts. So certainly think uh, Hibs will give us a bigger test than what Hearts did. I think they're a better team than Hearts despite their league position. I think they've got more exciting players than Hearts and I think Yuan, you know, and the likes of Boyle, are very fast players that can cause teams most problems. In fact, even when I watched the highlights uh, of them at Ibrooks last week, they certainly gave Rangers some problems, but they're just not clinical up front uh, and they're definitely missing a striker along with lackadaisical defending. I think we will punish Hibs on Saturday. I think we'll be good enough to get a result, even if the team are fatigued. And I wouldn't be surprised that, you know, maybe it'll be a dip in terms of the overall quality and the pace of their game. But I think we've got the players, John, to punish them and get a result. I think Matt O'Reilly, the form he's in, everybody will be absolutely terrified of him. And Kyogo as well is probably good for a goal there. He's done okay at Easter Road in the past. So I'm going to say Celtic will win that one on Saturday. I'll say 3-1. I'd like to maybe see a solid 2-0. I'd like to see he's keeping a clean sheet again domestically. But probably 3-1. And I think it'll be uh, 2-0. I think they'll give us problems, but I mean... With the likes of Liam Scales, who was absolutely brilliant last night, we didn't mention him. He was exceptional and CCV in good form as well. And we've got the players up front that can cause any problems, even if like they're knackered. I think we're just good enough to get a result at Easter Road. And if we do, that'll be a great start to the season. And hopefully, I'll get to see Summit as well. So, Stevie, thank you for being on this long episode. What you, can you tell the listeners what the schedule is for GigPod next week? Will we be back after the Hibs game? Tell the listeners. Good question, John. Very good question. I don't know. I don't know, because you'll be in London. I'll maybe try to get something sorted with Dan. I'll do that, because I know he'll definitely get to see the game legally. He's such a real fan, and he really cares about watching games every week, and definitely is now on GigPod, just to have a bevy uh, and go to the pub with me every week. So I. I'll see what Dan's doing, but hopefully we'll be able to get one out on Sunday. Uh, and then, of course, after the St Mirren game, we'll have one too. And we're going to be doing a... I think me and you are going to be doing one on Monday as well. But I can't tell the listeners anything until that's released on the Tuesday. But yeah, it's all very mysterious and up in the air now, isn't it? But yes, look, at the end of the day, there will be a few podcasts coming out next week. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Yes, there will be podcasts, including a special on Tuesday, which will be the most frightening Celtic podcast we've ever done. So that's a wee clue for you. 
Right, so Stevie, thank you as always for being on the pod. You can catch Stevie on Instagram at GigPod, where we'll have lots of stuff up. I'll have my prediction for the team against Hibs. I won't even mention Threads, that former website, which briefly shown, but then disappeared. But what we want is more and more subscribers, so tell all your pals to listen to GigPod, like and subscribe on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on all the other podcast places. It's making a difference. More and more people are listening to us, and that's what we want. More and more people to tell their pals to listen to the best Celtic podcast around. Right, so that's all for this episode. A longer episode than usual, but we thought we had to donate a lot of time to that game last night. It was a big game, very exciting. We will be back at some stage after the Hibs game and next week there'll be a couple of podcasts anyway so watch this space we'll speak to you all soon good luck to Celtic at the weekend and hail hail Podcast Network.